on the block on demand. Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 games this year. Okay? Not 10. Two seconds and one. It's 10 wins in a row for the crunch. It's the biggest upset in the Carrier Dome in more than 30 years as the Orange hold off the defending national champions. They beat Clemson. The Bills make me wanna shout. McCoy in the backfield, takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle. He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone. Buffalo wins. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. They look at the positive side of things once in a while instead of the negative all the time. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1. ESPN Radio Utica Rome. What's up, Mohawk Valley? Great to have you on board as always. You can listen online. They have the internet on computers now, ESPNSyracuse.com. They have the ESPN app. There's a listen tab on the ESPN app, so you can take us with you wherever you go. That's a beautiful thing. So many ways to stay in touch and listen to the show. Here's how you get in touch and make yourself a part of the program. The phone number is 437-7644. The show never stops on Twitter, Brent Axe Media, Brent Axe Media on Twitter. Or you can use the on-the-block text line. you got your face in your phone anyway. You might as well fire off a hot take at us or two, right? That's hot. 288-0644 is the on-the-block text line. One more time. Phone number, 437-7644. Twitter, Brent Axe Media. Text line, 288-0644. Everybody got that? Good. One guest joining us today about uh, an hour from now, top of the next hour, our buddy Tim Benz, ESPN Radio in Pittsburgh, and the Pittsburgh Tribune Review. It's been so long since Syracuse has played Pittsburgh, we figured we should get somebody on to update us on all that's happened since the last time Syracuse played Pitt. Like a week ago, here we are again, Syracuse and Pitt, second time in three games for the Oranges. We'll discuss here all throughout the program, but we'll get the Pittsburgh perspective. I not only want to break down this matchup, but, you know, Tim is in the heart of it. He does radio in Pittsburgh. He writes for the Pittsburgh Tribune Review as a great column. He's a Syracuse grad, so I'm sure he'll have a couple thoughts on Syracuse as well. But it is, and I'm going to get into this here momentarily, but it is startling what has happened at Pittsburgh in terms of you think of Pitt and the Pete and the Oakland Zoo and this overwhelming home court advantage that Pittsburgh used to have. Yeah, guess what? It's gone. It doesn't exist. There is apathy in Pittsburgh. They are indifferent to this basketball team. And look, they stink. They're 8-13. and They have not won an ACC game. They came close the other night against NC State. But, you know, the air has come out of the balloon in Pittsburgh, which I think puts Syracuse in a pretty interesting position in this game. So we'll discuss that with Tim. We're going to do a top five list today. we got a fancy voice guy for it and everything. Number one. We'll do it later in the show. The top five things we'd like to see in the new XFL. We'll have some fun with that later in the program. Uh, usually we do football Friday, right? And while we don't have any games to preview, unless you want a full in-depth breakdown of the Pro Bowl, I mean, we can do that for you if you really want to go down that road. But we'll get an early look at the prop bets. 
Next Friday is the big prop bet blowout that we do every Friday before the Super Bowl. So we'll really dig in next week. But we'll give you a little sneak peek at what some of the better prop bets are for the Super Bowl. We come back next week. I won't be here Monday, by the way, FYI. But when we really dig into Super Bowl week, we'll certainly get into the matchup and everything you want to see from the Super Bowl. A little sneak peek today. Sad football news out of Western New York this afternoon in that Eric Wood, as you heard Seth tell you during the update, has to retire due to a neck injury. And just, man, that's football. These things can happen. You're glad they caught it. They warned him, and they said, you can't play anymore, and here's why. And he can have a press conference and have a proper send-off. And, you know, Eric Wood, just it, it makes me happy that he played in a playoff game and made it and anchored those Bills teams for so long. I had the opportunity to work with Eric when I was a part of the Buffalo Bills radio network and could not have been a nicer guy, could not have been a better interview, one of the great leaders that that locker room has ever had, let alone in recent times. Uh, We would always kind of break each other's chops when when I'd interview him about Syracuse and Louisville and that football matchup, and uh, I I was just – I was really sad to hear that in one way, but I was – relieved in another that you know he didn't suffer a catastrophic injury on the field and this could have gone a lot worse for Eric Wood so all the best to him as he has to uh, retire from football as we found out today and we'll discuss a little bit later on we've got some great audio and hot takes too one of the best play-by-play calls I've ever heard in my life and of all things a price is right clip but we we just we, we've got to play it so we got a fun Friday show uh, lined up for you and you're welcome to join the party, of course. We do start with Syracuse and Pittsburgh, and there's a few things about this game that really stand out to me. The first thing is you cannot slip on the banana peel. You cannot be the team that loses to Pitt. I understand that this is ACC basketball. I understand that going on the road in the ACC is not easy. I understand that, you know, sports does not go according to plan and things happen and people have bad days. This is a Syracuse team. That's not very deep, so if you have two or three players that are off their game, Wednesday night was the direct opposite of that. Wednesday night, everything was clicking, and this team shot 60% from the field and had five guys in double figures, and everything just was flowing for this team, even after Moyer went out. Tyus Battles got 24 points, and Frank Howard scoring 16 in the first half, and O'Shea Brissett's got a shot working in the first half, Pascal Chukwu. Six of seven from the field, throwing down dunks, entertaining everybody at the Dome. It was Merrick Dolzhai comes in, plays 35 minutes, 12 points, eight rebounds, and didn't miss a shot or a free throw. And it's just, man, it's clicking. And then there's days when you can't throw the ball in the ocean. That's the beauty of sports. Just when you think you've got it figured out, sports will whack you in the face and say, no, you don't. All that being said, every cliche in the world, you cannot lose to Pittsburgh if you're Syracuse in that you have to pick up every win you can in league play that you should. And this qualifies as that. Particularly a team that has not picked up an ACC win yet, a team you match up favorably with, although Pitt played a tough game against Syracuse, was in that game at the Dome for you know probably good... I don't know, first half, a little bit of the second half until Syracuse pulled away. But you you can't slip on the banana peel here. You can't have a bad day. You can't be that team. So that stands out to me. The second thing is somebody needs to guard Parker Stewart. 
because my man had seven three-pointers in that game. And I think Pitt is a team that you can do a little bit of what you did to Boston College. You can cheat up the zone. But if it's not Stewart, it's going to be somebody else, right? Now, Pitt has had a, a rash of injuries and has lost some players. They're very young, as we saw in this first matchup. But you can't create or give an opportunity to another Parker Stewart to just come off the bench or come from nowhere. And we have seen this time and again, these players that you've never heard of, and then they come in and play Syracuse and score 25 points. Jared Wilson frame could be that guy in this game. He was awful quiet against Syracuse in their game a couple, you know, uh, last week. And he's been pretty productive for Pitt most of the season, was not against Syracuse. That's a name to watch there. But uh, let's not let Parker Stewart rip off 23 points again. I think even since that game, Syracuse has been a little more cognizant. They worked on three-point defense and rotations and defensive things, all that practice time. And, you know, Pitt came out, hit four in a row, and then Syracuse moved the zone, or pardon me, Boston College came out, hit four in a row, and Syracuse moved up the zone and took that away. Pitt's got a couple guys that can get inside, though. So just don't be that team. Don't lose to Pitt. Don't slip on the banana peel. Take care of business. Syracuse is still in take-care-of-business mode, and that's going to change when the calendar flips to February. The end of this month, and, you know, what do you do at the end of the month, right? You start paying bills, and you start planning ahead for the next month, and you're taking care of business, right? It's nitty-gritty time. That's what the Orange have to do here because February turns into, well, let's see, you know, how many monkey wrenches you can throw in the spokes because you get Virginia at the Carrier Dome on February 3rd, the best defensive team in the country. And by the way, Virginia, Duke, tomorrow, giddy up. Who doesn't want to watch that game? That's a CBS game. It is not on. Correct me if I'm wrong, boys. I don't think that's on at the same time as Syracuse and Pitt. I'll, I'll I check uh, it while we're yakking about it here. Because if that game's on at the same time, I'll be sad. I'll, I'll just be sad. Exactly. Yeah, because, well, who wouldn't rather watch that game than your own game? So Syracuse Pitt for, boom, 2 o'clock, Virginia Duke. Fantastic. So we can watch Virginia Duke and then go all in on Syracuse and Pittsburgh on the ACC network. But uh, that's the, the great feature game there by CBS, by the way, to pick that one. Best offensive team in the country, best defensive team in the country. It's it's on ESPN, Syracuse. We have the game right here, this radio station. How about that? So if you're out and about and don't want to miss the game, we've got coverage of it right here, too. Didn't even know that. Huh? The more you know. Fantastic. Now I'm getting off track here. <laughs> how did we start talking about that game again? I don't know how I get off on these tangents sometimes. But... The other thing that really stands out to me about the Syracuse-Pittsburgh game, and I touched on it a little bit, that place is dead. This is no longer one of the more intimidating atmospheres in college basketball to go to. Against NC State, there were 2,566 people there. Pitt is averaging 3,885 people at the Peterson Event Center for basketball games this year. Now, that's bad, right? Well, here's how bad it is. Last year, Pitt averaged 8,327 fans per game, and that was their lowest ever attendance. They're averaging 3,885. 
Now, there'll still be some students there. The Oakland Zoo will make some sort of attempt to do what they do. And, you know, they always look up information about the players and they've got the call sheet that they hand out so they know, you know, how to properly insult the opposing team. They'll still do all that. But this is in no way, shape, or form an intimidating atmosphere anymore. So you can't let that affect you either because sometimes that can help a team. It can amp you up. It can hype you up. You're going into the lion's den, and you better be sharp, and you better be ready. Well, you're in for a bit of a culture shock tomorrow because you've heard so much about it. And the good thing about this team is a lot of these guys don't have that mind frame. Only a couple of these guys have even played there. There's a lot of young players on this team that have only kind of heard from the guys that have done it. So there is an advantage for Syracuse. But, boy, you go into these quiet gyms sometimes, and you can kind of get lulled into what the other team does. So Syracuse can't let that environment affect them. you got to be self-starters on the road. But this is in no way going to be the usual, oh boy, going to the Pete type of game. That wasn't that long ago when you worried about that. And, you know, Tyler Ennis hitting that half-court shot or near-half-court shot almost is, you know, it feels so long ago. When Syracuse and Pitt was a rivalry in that moment, intense matchups between these two, it has just faded since Jamie Dixon left. And Kevin Stallings is obviously not a very popular coach there right now. And Pitt, Pitt basketball has to fight for attention as it is, as Tim Benz will tell us later in the show, in a Steelers, Penguins, Pirates, professional sports town, right? Pitt football and basketball are relevant. They have a fan base. They're in a major conference. They're in the discussion, but when they're bad, they're completely off the radar. When they're really good, they still have to fight for time with, you know, all those teams I mentioned. The Penguins have won Stanley Cups, have been one of the best teams in hockey recently. The Steelers are always relevant, and you know people are pretty pissed off about the Pirates down there right now because they're having a fire sale, and that, that that's good for uh, our sports talk radio hosts, right? So atmosphere is not going to be what you think it is. Syracuse just has to take care of business. You know, we talked to Jim Beheim yesterday, and he kind of gave us the standard coach line, but he wasn't wrong to say it's more about how we're playing right now. Now, you got to make adjustments based on what other teams do, hence what Boston College did the other night. You made that adjustment and wiped the floor with them after that. But it really is about managing this team. Will Matthew Moyer even be available to come in? If so, does Merrick Dolzhai handle the extra minutes, starters minutes? He played starters minutes the other night, 35 against BC. You're not going to have all five guys in double figures again and shoot 60%. So how do you adjust? How do you adapt? And how do you beat this Pittsburgh team? Because you don't want to do it the same way you did the first time around. 437-7644 437-7644 is the number. Brent Axe Media on Twitter. The text line is 2880644. So more on this game as we uh, cruise along. Tim Benz will join us, as I mentioned, top of the next hour. Looking forward to chatting with him about this game. You know, it's a football Friday. We don't have any football, but I need a fix. You need a fix, right? Watching the Pro Bowl Skills Challenge last night didn't quite do it for me, so... I want to take an early look at some of these Super Bowl prop bets. We'll do that next. You're on the block, ESPN Radio. Stay right there. 
This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Welcome back. On the Block is presented by Burdick Toyota. It is great to have you here. Let's get right to it. we got a lot to get into in hot takes here, including two of the best pieces of audio we have ever had in this segment. So let's hit it. We've got a hot one for you. Oh, you're hot. Why, thank you. So are you. And I'm not afraid to cry. So hot. So hot. Man, it's hot. How hot is it? It's so hot, I poured McDonald's coffee in my lap to cool off. (laughs) It's time for Hot Takes on the Block. Ah, more controversy from the world of college sports. The fallout continues at Michigan State. The president of the university resigned this week after, of course, the Larry Nassar situation. And now, this is going even further outside the lines and looking into Michigan State. Discovered some things. And as a result of that, you would think timing was interesting. Now the athletic director has resigned. Mark Hollis announcing his resignation today, an MSU grad in 85. He's been the athletic director for 10 years. He's one of the best friends of basketball coach Tom Izzo. He he was the best man at his wedding and a former roommate. The NCAA has opened an investigation into Michigan State, handling the allegations against Larry Nassar and the just absolutely horrifying story there. But outside the lines in East 60 started looking into the school, obviously, with everything happening and revealed. And there's a big story up on ESPN.com today, a sexual assault culture in both men's basketball and football. And it's just just the early details of this and what's in that story. And there's more to come. Not good. And I think with this Me Too movement and so many women speaking up and feeling empowered to speak up about what has happened to them happening, you just looked at sports and said, man, this is just inevitable that it was going to make its way into the male-dominated machismo culture that exists in the sports world. And it's tricky. It's particularly tricky with college athletes. I mean, everybody knows a story about a college athlete and, you know, let's just say their ability to pick up women or women to pick up men because of their status as a college athlete, right? And college is just this Weird petri dish of a world, and as the great chef from South Park once said, there's a time and a place for everything. It's called college, and it's just this hyper-fueled environment where bad stuff happens. So Michigan State, the Larry Nasser thing was bad enough, and what they covered up, what they chose to settle and not reveal, and it just comes back to the same damn question. Why? Why are you shoving this over the rug and covering this up? And, you know, it's all about protecting the brand and protecting this. And some of the ways that coaches handle this stuff, it's just the good news in all of this, if there's any, is maybe this will change the way this stuff is handled. But with the status and the prominence and the money and the culture that exists, it's going to take 10 Michigan states, 10 Penn states, 10 pick your scandal to really change things. We thought the FBI scandal was going to come in and drop a bomb on college basketball, and that's ongoing. The jury's still out on that, quite literally, in some ways. But the more you hear, the more you get up every day and read this stuff, the worse it gets. And uh, UConn, by the way, I'm sure Syracuse fans will be very sad to hear this, is now under investigation themselves. Again, by the NCAA, the school president saying they will, quote, cooperate in a thorough and transparent manner, reflective of the model athletic and academic institution we continually strive to be. Remember, Jim Calhoun had to sit out three Big East games, recruiting violations, all the text messages and everything, which they've now since changed those rules, by the way. Five years later, 
Kevin Ollie, not only on the hot seat, they're fighting to stay above 500 right now, but could be some, according to Jeff Jacobs of the Hartford Current, some recruiting violations. He also reported, by the way, that UConn is not linked in and involved on this FBI thing that's going on out there. This is a separate thing, but that's hot. You know, you're robbing Peter to pay Paul there, I guess. Like, what's the difference between the two? One's more serious than the other, certainly, but never want to be in those crosshairs. Although, as I have said a number of times on this show, being under NCAA investigation doesn't quite strike the fear into people that it used to. If anything, you immediately go into attack mode and challenge their credibility. I mean, the only thing UConn has not done at this point is a fake news, because that works for certain people. Yay, democracy! We'll just stick to sports here, I guess. So this is a real thing that happened. An Olympic sprinter blamed, and I quote, passionate kissing as a reason that he failed a drug test. And it worked. Gil Roberts tested positive for having, and here's the part of the show where Brent attempts to pronounce a really complicated drug name. You ready for this? Probenicid. Probenicid? Can I get a ruling? That is correct. I got that. Let's not say it again. Quit while we're ahead here. Which is a uric acid reducer primarily used for treating gout. Oh, that sounds lovely. For athletes, it can be used as a masking agent also to hide performance-enhancing drugs. Now, Roberts won gold in the 4x400 relay in Rio. The kissy in this situation, I feel like we should have the kiss cam music going right now. Alex Salazar claimed that she was in India and got sick. And a local chemist, air quotes, prescribed a medicine called, and let's attempt another drug name here, Moxilong, did I get that right? That is correct. All right, we're two for two, which is taken by dissolving into water and drinking it. So Roberts and Salazar, quote, frequently and passionately kissed while she was taking the medication. And Roberts said that he kissed her too soon after she took the meds. So that's why he tested positive for this drug, and it worked. So that's hot. Never rule out passionate kissing as a defense. How about your boy Russell Westbrook? Pretty salty after he thought he was the last pick in this great draft that Steph Curry and LeBron James did and nobody saw because the NBA was gutless and didn't put this draft, the greatest fantasy street game draft in history, on television. It was done in a secret undisclosed location and details are starting to leak out on Twitter. So Russell Westbrook thought he was the last pick in this draft. The draft order was never released. They picked the teams, and they were put in alphabetical order. See, this is important information because Russ looked at the list, and Russ being a last name that starts with W, see, he was the last name on the list. And it doesn't take much to get Russell Wilson really ticked off about something. Or Russell Wilson. Russell Westbrook really ticked off about something. So he goes out last night, drops 46 points. He's all going scorched earth. And then he finds out after the game, as Carmelo Anthony fueled the fl- you know the flames here, in the background of an interview being heard saying, tell him how you really feel when Russ was being interviewed. After- oh, I think we have this right here. We have the audio of this. So here's Russell Westbrook. 
thoughts on being picked by LeBron for the All-Star team? Oh, that's cool, man. That's good, man. Finally, they got the team figured out. How are you really feel? <laughs> <laughs> but I see I was the last pick on this. I was just trying to figure out, you know. Alphabetical order. It was alphabetical. alphabetical. See, I told you, man. Alphabetical <laughs> <laughs> order, man. Yeah, it was alphabetical order. But it worked. Got Russ fired up for that game last night, right? Russ is going to score 80 points in the All-Star game because he was not elected a starter. You and I both know this. I just love the fact that... That's hot. The the Oklahoma City Thunder got to use that as a gag, and it worked. Ah, Ross, did you see that? Man, you were taken last. Well, your name is last because it's alphabetical. But anyway... I promised you two of the best pieces of audio we have ever had in this segment, and we are going to deliver on this. The first one is De'Aaron Fox, Sacramento Kings, had a dunk last night. Let's listen. Bogey. Oh, off balance. And in and out. Oh, you don't like that. You don't like NBA basketball. The 20-year-old comes flying through the air here in South Florida and gives the Kings the lead. Okay, I I need two things with that play-by-play call right now. The first that I need is I need that play-by-play call, and I know I just played it, but that sounds like one of those old promos we would see. The NBA, it's fantastic. So give me that clip with the NBA on NBC theme, the great John Tesh. Let's go. That just, that's a real play by play call that happened in a real basketball game. Okay, now let's cut that music. The other thing I need that play by play clip played with is the Benny Hill theme, right? And I can't do that because, ah, you know, I wanted to do it, but I can't. It, one it, it, just technical things here. It's playing on the same channel on my little board here. Darn it, boys! We got to load in the Benny Hill theme to my other to our audio file here, so I can play the clip with the Benny Hill theme. So there goes that idea. Sorry. About that. Now it's funny you should play that that very thing because our second great piece of audio. Now I know this is a sports show, but I I just we've you've got to hear this. Now, I have a love-hate thing with The Price is Right. Because whenever you watch The Price is Right, for a certain part of your life, it meant you were home from school. Now, sometimes that was you were skipping school. But that The Price is Right to me, you know what I think of immediately? Sick days. When you're home sick from school and you're just kind of watching TV and you would always inevitably watch The Price is Right. Okay, and that's why we have this here, you know? I mean, just something you remember. It's a part of your life. This is a clip from The Price is Right, and the only thing I can tell you to set this up is, number one, it's everything you would ever want from The Price is Right in 50 seconds of audio. The second thing is I should tell you what happens here. 
So Drew Carey, who's now the host of The Price is Right, a contestant one came up on the stage and took him out. It knocked him down. Down goes Carey. So that's the setup. Take a listen. He's okay. I'm fine. I'm fine. Never. George. 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 Say the prize. Sonia, do not break the host or our set. And then I will say, how'd you like a brand new car? The only thing missing from that, the only thing missing is $1. We needed a $1 in there. And Plinko, yeah, there's a couple other things, but... How do you have a love-hate relationship with The Price is Right? Because it's what I just said. It reminds no, me of being home love, sick. Love. It's a love-love no, relationship. No, it reminds me like being home legit no. sick and, you know, like you're you're lying on your deathbed and The Price oh, is stop. Right is on in the background. That's it. It's not that bad. It, but the Price is Right was on. It's not that bad. Days I skipped school and I was just home chilling watching The Price is Right. Mom, I never really did that. I'm just joking. That's just a radio bit that I skipped school. Back, we should stop talking about this. I actually saw my mother today, and she knew that I'd be in. I'd get the wet noodle. I'd be or the wooden spoon. One of the two. I'd be in big trouble for that. So that never happened. I just, that's just kidding, Mom. Seth Goldberg, ladies and gentlemen, that is that that is gold. It is. That is gold right there. The video is even better. What was Cause better? Because you, you see him getting the Price down. Is Right clip or the play-by-play. Clip. Yeah! That's not all he could say, because he said more. Kind of have to say more. You're yeah. on the radio or television, whatever My it was. Fa- it was the TV. Favorite? I like the part where he goes, if you don't like that, you don't like NBA basketball. Favorite Price is Right game other than Plinko. Plinko's easy. That's everybody's favorite. I don't know. I don't have an- another one. I'd have to say... Other than Plinko and the wheel. Well, the wheel, yeah. I mean, the wheel is money, but... I don't know. I'd have to say, will you try to guess what the grocery yeah, items were? Come on down. That was always easy to do. Now I'm trying to remember other prices Right games. That's all I remember. Plinko, the wheel. Oh, what was the one with the mountain guy? Yeah, there's that. That was good. Should probably have prepared for this segment a little more than I have, because I don't remember other prices Right games. Whose fault is you that? You came in and just said, you know, all upset that I have a love-hate relationship yeah, with The Price is Right. How can you hate The Price and is Right? And you can't even remember some other games no, on The Price the is Right. How can you hate The Price is Right? I don't hate The Price is Right. You just it said. It just brings up bad memories because I'm homesick. And when I allegedly skipped school, back after this. Thank you. Bye-bye.